and doing so it makes us all kind of relax. And some people in ministry of this type, they begin to think maybe you'd be some kind of super person or something. I want you to know I'm just your brother. He's just a man. Just a brother. Just a, nothing but just a human like we all are. And God just gave me a little ministry to help somebody, so I just go do the best I can with it. And that's the best that I know. So then I thought last night talking about plowing with horses and so forth and riding. Well, you'd realize that we're just just mortal beings together, trying our best to do what we can for the kingdom of God and for the glory of his dear son, Jesus Christ. And such a response, though. My, that was marvelous. I thought I, really, the meetings were set up for was for just gospel preaching. I'm, and then when you get around where the invention of coming, the Lord has blessed so greatly in the praying for the sick until people just really, when they come, they expect the prayer meeting for the sick. You can, sometimes I get off of an airplane somewhere, going somewhere and travel, there'll be somebody over there in motion, got the ambulance sitting out there with somebody sick that he prayed for out the airport, when you know your plane's going to come down or something. So that's real nice. I, that's, I appreciate that if people's got that much faith in God to believe it. That's very, very nice. And so I, I'm thankful for it. And I pray that God will bless. I just shook hands with a young fellow coming in there, a young boy. If he's here, I don't mean making conspicuous. A very fine young fellow. So Brother Graham, I was raised up in a Christian home. He said, I've taken a habit of smoking and, and I use bad words. He said, Brother Graham, I want to be right with God, would you pray that they bring up a child in the way they should go? They get off amongst these children uh, doesn't have that kind of teaching, they wander away, but don't worry, God will bring them back. Okay, I believe it. A brother sitting here said, Brother Dan, don't you remember down in feet in a basement in the auditorium one time you prayed for my wife who was insane? I just remembered, said, she's here with us tonight, said, she's in her right mind. All right, I wonder if the woman's close, that she'd stand up, is this ministry of here somewhere here? It's a, yes, his, his wife, it was a healed, uh, and Phoenix. Reminds me of the time that in Little Rock, Arkansas, I believe it was one of the worst cases of insanity that I ever seen in my life. And uh, someone testified of it in a meeting. I just been, if you want confirmation of this, you might write the chairman of the committee, which was Reverend G.H. Brown of Little Rock, Arkansas, 505 Victor Street, Reverend G.H. Brown. And we were praying, and as I got late, and I was so tired, as if before I had my time, they just let me have, they just let me stay until I like to kill me, so I... It was amazing that night, there was an old fellow out in the meeting there who had crutches about like the brother here, got his seat sitting on, he'd been crippled for a long time, and during the time of the service, the Lord Jesus made him whole. And the next day he was walking around on the street, holding the crutches in front of him, saying, the Lord took me off of this last night. <laughs> oh my, the papers didn't really write it, said, 
self-styled Baptist preacher jammed the streets with ambulances and cars, such fanaticism. <laughs> this old brother, I was standing speaking like this, and he raised up and said, Say, Brother Branham, I want to ask you a question. All out of order. But I said, All right, brother, what is it? He said, I'm just so happy, I don't know what to do. I said, Well, that's fine. He said, You know, the strange thing, old, said, well, I heard you preaching, I was sure you was a Nazarene. Well, he was a Nazarene himself now. He said, I, I'm sure you was a Nazarene. And then he said, I've seen all these Pentecostal people around here, and somebody told me you were Pentecostal. And said, now I heard you say this a while ago, you was a Baptist. He said, I, I can't understand this. I said, that's very easy. I said, I'm a Pentecostal Nazarene Baptist. I said, <laughs> 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 we're all one in Christ Jesus. <laughs> That night, Mr. Brown told me, he said, Brother Brown, as soon as you wait for a little break to rest up again, they let me rest up a few minutes, I get real numb all over, and then he'd take me off and let me rest a few minutes, and sing songs, and the preacher maybe preach a little sermonette, I'd rest up a little and come back. So uh, it, I hadn't been out praying for the sick man of this or two or three months, so they'd take me off and said, I want to show you a sight like you've never seen. I said, what is it? said, an insane woman. And I went down, standing on the steps, as we went down to the bottom of the auditorium. They couldn't hear down there, only through a PA system, it was so packed in. But nobody was in that spot, in the floor, because they couldn't get in there on account of this woman. And she was laying on the floor, and her limbs were sticking right up like this, arms and legs both, and she was bleeding all over. And uh, her husband was standing on the steps, a very fine, just a typical good old Arkansas brother, standing with a pair of overalls on and washed out. He said, I tell you, friends, talk about overalls and blue shirts. Some of the best old hearts in the world beat beneath that. That's right. That's right. And he, he shook my hand. He said, well, I said, what's your trouble? He said, it's my wife, Brother Brandon. And I looked out there, and she was laying like that. I said, oh, my. I said, what's she bleeding so far? I said, well, Brother Brown said, we heard that testimony from over Pinewood over there that that woman is brought from the insane institution, the Teals, said, we thought maybe we could bring my wife, and said, we got her just missed for tonight, and said, they about a hundred and something miles, and said, the ambulance wouldn't touch her, and said, I got a book, two or three brothers to come with me, and we got her in a Chevrolet car. And said she overcome all those men and kicked through the glass and broke all the windows out, and that's what cut her. She is so bad. I said, Oh my, that's too bad. And uh, I said, How'd it come about, brother? He said, Well, Brother Brandon said, It's just a time of menopause. The doctor gave her a shot and run her into that. I said, Well, that's sure too bad. And uh, I said, Well, of course, he didn't aim to do it, he did the best that he knew how. And he said, well, she's been up here in the insane institution for two years. He said, Brother Brown, she's a good woman. He said, i got five little children. He said, right after this, said it was, her baby was born during the time of the menopause. He said, she's such an awful fix. He said, we, I sold my farm and everything else. He said, and really, said, I had a team left. I was working around and said, I... So I so I could get some money to help bring her down here tonight. 
to you. What he had, I said, oh, brother, that sure is too bad. I said, well, I'll walk out and talk to her. She said, oh, don't you do that, Brother Pam, because she'd kill you. And I said, and I said, well, I'll talk to her. She said, well, she don't even know her own name. She hasn't spoken a word in two years. Oh, I said, I think I can talk to her just the kid like in the ministry. I, I didn't know then when I realized now. You better wait let God say so. So I just walked out of the room. She was just standing there, laying on her back. She said she hadn't been off her back in two years. She was laid like that. And she had her hands up like that. I walked out. I said, Good evening, sister. She just lay there with her eyes batting, looking. I reached her. I said, How do you do? I took her over her hand. Oh, my. It was a good thing that God was with me. With uh, anybody demon possesses, many times they're strengthening them. She just grabbed my hand like that real quick. And I used to be a boxer. I had the undefeated title of the Bantamweight Championship of the Free State. So, and know what grip is. But she grabbed me like that and grabbed like that when she gets back to her foot out real quick and caught her across the bosom with my foot to hold myself. She just probably broke my bones out on the floor when she jerked me like that. And it pulled her hand loose like that. And she let out a great big blow like a like a, a crocodile or something, making a big blow, funny noise, like that. Uh, my. And then she started turning around. Well, I, I started away from her. And when she did, she started chasing me like a snake, crawling on the floor. You could hear it just, just like that crawling horses. And she chased me back up on the steps like that. And there she was crawling right on the floor, and I said, my. Now, it's only the grace of God or, or the, to be that way every night, some of you women, or a man too. See, just God's grace. And when she put her big, strong limbs up against the, the side of the wall like that, and she backed up to the wall like that and give a great big kick, and when she did, she went out on the floor and hit a bench that was sitting out there, and the side of her head, a nice, attractive-looking lady, about 45 years old, and it hit her head like this, and the hair, blood flew, and broke a piece of the bench off. Now, she had so much power in those legs to kick herself out like that, and a piece of the bench flew off, and she picked it in her hands like that and threw it, just missed her husband, and just tore the fastening off the wall. I said, oh, my, she's in an awful shape. He said, yes. He said, now, Brother Brandon, would you have to lay hands on her? I said, I would wish that could, and he started crying. He said, now, I don't know what, I said, look, Brother huh? It's not me, Jesus Christ. I said, if you will believe with all your heart that God will heal that woman in the story that I told about a few weeks ago, that angel meet me up there and tell me to go and be sincere when afraid, get the people to believe me. Now I said, they won't believe me. He said, they'll be giving you signs like he's giving the prophet Moses two signs. You remember the story. And said, if you get the people to believe you, nothing shall stand before the prayer. I said, sir, do you believe that? And he put his old bony arm around me and said, Brother Graham, with all my heart, I believe it. I turned around like this. And when I did, that woman squared off the same way. She said, William Branham, you have nothing to do with me. And the man said, well, that's the first word she spoke in two years. I said, that's not her. She said, well, how? He said, how did she know you? I said, that's not her. That's that devil screaming out to me. I said, that's Satan. She wouldn't know I was William Branham. He said, he recognizes that I've told the truth, and if you'll only believe, you'll see the glory of God. And she, he said, you have nothing to do with me, I brought her here. I said, you might have brought her here, 
But Jesus Christ will heal him. And she started crawling up towards me. Now, <clears throat> said, let's bow our heads. Now, we bowed our heads, and I said, Heavenly Father, this poor brother and this brought his wife here in this condition, you're the same God that those devils and legions confessed out. I said, you're the same God, so I ask in Jesus Christ's name that the evil spirit come out of the woman. And I just turned around to the man, I said, you believe? And he said, with all my heart, Mary Brandon. I said, now see, he told me if you get the people to believe, he's sincere. And brother, I said, just as sincere to know how to be. He said, thank you, Brother Brandon. He said, what must I do with her? I said, take her right back to the institution. He said, all right. So I said, you let them dismiss her. So he turned around, and at the service, he took her back. And the thing that it was, she never bothered no one going back, set up nicely, went back, they put her in the institution the next morning, and the following morning, when they went into the cell where she was at to feed her, she was setting up. And on the third day, she was dismissed in the sanitarium and sent home in her normal mind. About two months after that, I was at Little Rock, or not Little Rock, but Jonesboro. And um, Study. I kept seeing someone waving at me like that in a meeting. I thought, well, I don't remember them people. And I was preaching. And I looked again. I thought, well, and so the lady raised up, or the man did rather, and said, had some little children there, said, do you know us, Brother Brandon? I said, I don't believe I do. Said, the lady said, she raised up too. She said, excuse me, Brother Brandon. But said, they tell me that I was laying on my back the last time you seen me. And I said, were you healed somewhere? And she said, yes, I was the lady that was down in the basement. Is that, uh, uh, I said, oh my. <laughs> there she was with her five little children hugging at her normally and well in her right mind. What is it? Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. May the lame to walk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear, devils to be cast out, and the commission follows on. Amen. And that thing is perhaps being done around the world tonight among faithful, believing members of the body of Jesus Christ. And divine meaning doesn't lay within me. And each of these brethren sitting here, your pastors, you don't have to wait till we have a divine healing program to be healed. Every one of these men has got just the same authority that I or anyone else has got to pray for the sake. And that's all we can do is pray for the sick. And not only them, but if they're off somewhere and can't get to you, that good Holy Ghost filled sister or brother who lives next door to you has the same authority. Right. Same thing. You can't get to your pastor. Ever. The Bible said, if any among you sick, call the elders of the church. Let them anoint the oil and pray over the sick. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. He said, God shall raise them up. Not the minister, God shall raise them up. And if they did any sin, it shall be forgiven them. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for the other. Is that right? One another to be prayed for, see? That shall may be healed. For the effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's all you need. Be filled with God's Spirit. And you'd be surprised if you only know the gift that's setting right in this building tonight. Now, if I would know sickness, Surely I would know gifts. Is that right? <laughs> That's right. So I, I know that in meetings when I meet with Christian people, they are there. The only thing you have to watch when you tell people, because they'll hold right on to your words and they'll say something, 
And you have to know it's directly coming from God what to tell the person. That's the reason they don't say those things to things. But you just live humble before God. Just be, don't try to make yourself anything. Just be humble. God will take care of the rest of it. He, he will make it known. Now, tomorrow, if there are sorrow, I wish that really from the depths of my heart that I would have set the meeting a little longer if we could have got it. Or at least another week. I feel like if I could take next week just about four days of just common gospel preaching and all the calls, it'd be hard to tell what would take place after the people is already uh, uh, minded of the power of the deliverance of God, then everyone you bring your sinner friend out next week. That would be real then. We, we could win souls for Christ. Using these meetings, it's just the Christians come. Now and then sinners come in, but usually just the Christians. And then he's the believer already believes, you see. So I just trust that it will be God's will for me to come back again to you real soon. We sure got a fine bunch of brethren. Fine. I've never any time at any place ever felt any more cooperation in the Spirit of God than I have right here at this place. That's right. That's right. That's good. I've never seen a place I've ever been before at ministers set behind me on the platform. And that's the first night it kind of bothered me a little because I was conscious of them being there, but just that wall of faith there, I said, just leave them alone. Said, that's fine. They're my brother. That's, that's wonderful, and I'm so happy for that. And you get that faith there to believe that just anything can happen. Now, we thank you for everything, and tomorrow afternoon, if you can, I think the services begin at 2 o'clock. Is that right? Two o'clock. That'll let me be here by two thirty, perhaps. And I'll speak a little while and then pray for the sick. And then um, you've been very nice in your attendance and rainy bad nights. You come anyhow, and um, you've helped us with the finance to pay the debts. I think you'll have it all together. Mr. Brewer's going to get it to my son tonight, and the expenses to be paid. And if there's enough now to pay all the expenses. It'll be paid in the morning. If not, well, after my love offering is taken up tomorrow, it'll be made in, and it'll be paid if it's not, which I believe it's already more than paid. And if there's any left over, whatever it is, I will not take it myself. I'll stick it right over in foreign nations to send uh, across the sea and do everything that I can. If it's right a little, then I'll, for my love offering, I'll make it up. See? And we want to leave with not death going, everybody feeling wonderful and fine and glorifying God. We try to keep that standard everywhere, and all the ministers and the people here, if you're here and you don't belong to church, why don't you join these brothers' church if you live near them? Do you believe in this type of ministry? Well, join the churches that believe in that. Join the churches that back that up, that believe in that. See? And you come over and get healed and go back into a bunch of people where that atmosphere is that doesn't believe in divine healing and things, why, you'll be just as bad off as you ever was. See? That's right. Yoke yourself not up among unbelievers. That's what the Bible says. But believers. And so I wish you could do that, and I pray that you will. Now, now if your church is a believer in divine healing and believing the blessings of God, see, your church doesn't save you. Jesus is your Savior, but if you'll do a lot better if you'll get among people, and if you do believe in divine healing and living among those who doesn't believe in divine healing, you're indebted to them. That's right. Always said, 
No, people say, do I have to quit this, Brother Branham, and if I'm going to join the full gospel churches, or will I have to give up shows, dances, and so forth? No. Don't have to give up anything. Not a thing. We're nearly all northern people here. We have little scrub oaks out here. They hold the leaves all winter long. When springtime comes, y'all don't have to take off the old leaves so the new one can come on. Just let the new life come up and the old leaf goes off anyhow. You don't have to have a measuring stick. Just get new life in there. It'll take care of itself. The old thing just fade away and the new life comes on. Over in the Gospel of Luke, the second chapter, the 25th verse, I want to read just a little portion of Scripture. You're so lovely. I just hate to pass the night without speaking to you for a few moments. When it comes back, we're going to try to add some of them along so we can have some afternoon services and just preach the gospel and have a wonderful time. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. It was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parent brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then touching him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for my eyes have seen thy salvation. How can we bow our heads just a moment? Kind Heavenly Father, we're grateful to thee tonight that we have this approach to thee through the name of thy beloved child, Jesus Christ, who has redeemed us from sin. Oh, we think of we were one time alienated from God, Gentiles, cut off from God, the commonwealth of Israel, led about worshiping idols. In a due season, Christ came and died, the innocent for the guilty, and through the shedding of his holy blood and the right to the tree of life, we Gentiles are now brought nigh, insomuch that we are called sons and daughters of God. And it does not yet appear just what we'll be in the final end, but we know he'll have a body like his own glorious body, for we shall see him as he is. Free from sin, free from sickness, weary troubles, old age, it'll all be finished then. Oh, come, Lord Jesus, and help me tonight to spread this gospel around the world so you can come. You cannot come according to your word until all the world has heard the gospel. I pray that you'll hasten the day, Lord, that when all the world shall hear the gospel, sin and sorrow, pain and death of this dark world shall cease. Till then, give us grace, give us vision, give us power to bring the gospel to the people. Before me tonight, Lord, is a box of handkerchiefs. As I lay my hands upon, nothing within thy servant could do this, but as a memorial or a token to the word of Jesus Christ, which said, 
that these signs should follow the believers. If they laid hands on the sick, they should recover. And the great Saint Paul touched on his body handkerchiefs and aprons, and sickness left the people, and devils went out of them. And I pray that you'll heal every one. Watch over them, Lord. May the angel of God watch these handkerchiefs till they're gone to the right place. And may when they're placed upon the sick, may every one, without leaving one out, may every one be perfectly normal. Grant it, Father, for we send it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I ask that God will bless you all, and I want to speak just a moment, and then we'll, we'll start praying for the sick. Now, first, we want to think tonight on this text, if I would call it a text, just for a few moments, and I would like to use these words in it, expectation. As I mentioned here tonight, you usually get what you expect, don't you? If you come tonight to the meeting, just expecting to see something that you could criticize the meeting about, the devil will show you plenty of it. And you'll go back with a lot of criticism just like you expected. But if you come tonight expecting to say, Lord, I come to see you. I come for the benefit of to be healed. I come for the benefit of my soul. Well, I expect you to give it to me because I'm here in this place that's dedicated to your to your glory. And you'll get just what you expect. That's right. You always, and you can never go above your expectations. You'll always have to do that. Now, expectancy, we see here that uh, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, there wasn't uh, the press like we have radio and television and so forth as we have now. So the news had to be taken from lip to ear. And then, can you hear me in the back of the balcony up there? Is it all right? Can you hear around it? The expectation. And then, when Jesus was born, they usually sing when a king is born. So there was no uh, greetings here on the earth, people to greet him. So their angels came down and sang, rejoicing at the day in the city of David is born Christ the Savior. God's angelic host who couldn't understand the mystery of this virgin birth, but yet sang praises to God in our highest, peace on earth, goodwill to man, when they sang at his birth. How marvelous. Then we notice again, way back in the east, some magis, or stargazers. I believe they've noticed the prophecy of Balaam that a star of Jacob would rise. And they were just watching for that star to arise. And we're told by historians that the three magis, they come from different parts, not following one star, as the Christian tradition has it, but they followed three different stars. And when they met at the Bethlehem of Judea, all three coming from the east, traveling from three different places, they never knew each other until they met, and they consolidated counsel, brother, with one another, and one of them was from the lineage of Ham, the other from Shem and Jephthah, three sons of Noah. 
And these three stars that they had followed went together and made the one big star that hung over Christ. Jesus said, when this gospel is preached, the Hanshan and Jephthah's people banding in shall come. All right, when they consolidated and come together, now all the observatories they had in that day, not one of them saw the star. And yet on every city there was a tower and an observatory that watched the stars. They kept time to the stars. Watches and things wasn't in time then. So only thing they had was a sundial and the day and stars at night. So they timed what time it was, the first hour, third hour, so forth, by the stars. Notice, and here comes this star passing right over every observatory, and not one of them noticed it. Well, people go up to me and say, ah, I didn't see nothing. You wasn't expecting anything. Those people in the observatory, perhaps up there on the Tower of Observation, they didn't expect to see anything. But there was somebody was watching for that star of Jacob to rise. Right. He'll be here one of these mornings, and just those who are waiting will be the one that will get it. Just those who are watching. We used to sing an old song. Be watching and waiting, that sight to behold, he's coming again. That's right. So be waiting, watching. We don't know just what time he may appear. So tonight, be watching and expecting Rise off the cot and stretcher, wheelchair, wherever you are. Be expecting to feel the unction of the Son of God when He moves into you to give you new faith and life to spring to your feet. It's me. I'm waiting, Lord. The first time you touch my heart, out of this chair, I'm coming. The first time you touch my body, out of here, I'm coming. Be watching, expecting something to happen. Now, the angels came. And saying to the shepherds, the shepherds went out into the city to find out this thing had gone on. After eight days, it was a custom of the Jewish traditions to bring the child to the temple, all the male children, and they had to be circumcised and had to offer either two turtle doves, that was a peasant's offering, or a lamb was a rich child's offering, for the purification of the mother and for the child. And so, if when you study the Old Testament and see those laws of redeemed, the law of redemption, oh, it's a beautiful thing. I just love the Old Testament because it's just a shadow of the new. If you get lined up with the Old Testament, you'll have a good conception of what the new means. Now, because it's a shadow of it. And uh, just like Revelation 12 there, where the woman was seen with the moon under her feet, the law, and the sun at her head, the gospel, see, 12 stars, 12 apostles, and so forth. Now, notice closely, they, uh, they were expecting, these people were, to see God. They had an expectation in their heart to see those things happen, and God granted it to them. Now, you've got the desire. David said in the scripture, 
when the deep calls to the deep, the noise of thy water spout. Now, before there can be any any deep to call in here, there has to be a deep out there first to make this deep in here call for. See? The deep calling to the deep. I love scenery. My, here some time ago I was hunting up in the mountains, not so much for the game, I was just up to get away. I just love the mountains. My mother's a half Indian, and it's just enough about it. I love the wilds, and I can't get out of it. And so I can see a sunset and cry like a baby. I remember up there one day standing on the mountain, the elk herd was high that year, hadn't had no snow, and I was moving around uh, up high near the timber line. And in the fall of the year, in October, there comes storms. It'll maybe snow a while, and then it'll rain a while, and then the sun will come out. I remember up there one fall, not long ago, I was tramping around, and there come up a storm, and I got in behind a tree and stood like this a while, set my rifle down. The storm went over, there's no blow down there anyhow. And after a while, after the storm ceased, I listened, standing there, I thought, well, which way shall I start from here now? Started out back down, I was about 60 or 70 miles, as far as I know, from a living human being. Back with two or three pack horses and camped out. So I was sitting there, standing there rather, looking around and wondering which way to go from there, seeing no traction of them. So I thought, what will I do? And about that time, way back over on another ridge, the storm had got the elk scattered. I heard the big males a bugling. Oh my, here echoing across the valley. Then the deep began to call to the deep. Way back up here, an old gray wolf got the howling, his mate answering in the bottom. Mm. <laughs> the deep was calling to the deep. I thought, oh God, surely you're the God of the mountains too. Way up here. If you got God in here, you can see God anywhere you look. Right. It'll move out. And I stood there a little while and where the sun peeked out through the crevices of the rocks as it was setting in the west, shining like the eye of God, looking, running to and fro through the earth. I noticed it shined against those trees and where it took cold up that high, the ice that grows on the evergreens making an icicle, and when it did, there come a rainbow across the valley. Now this wolf hollered up here and its mate in the bottom answering. I and the elk herd and the rainbow. I had my gun down against the tree. I run out there and I raised up my hands. I said, Oh, great Jehovah God, who looks down from the heavens, the God gave you this rain, gave us this rainbow sign. I said, I can see another rainbow sign in Revelations 2, where Jesus studying to look upon the jasper and sardis stone, Reuben and Benjamin, the first, the last with a rainbow crossing the seven church ages, the colors, all the same yesterday, the day, and forever, Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the ending, he that was, which is the child from the root and offspring, the David, the morning star, setting behind these seven colors, God's covenant with the church, and he wrote with Jesus Christ, the son of a perfect redemption. I begin to scream and well, if they'd have got somebody come up woods, they thought they had an insane person there. Around and around the tree, I went as hard as I could go, jumped up in the air and screamed. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't care who seen me. I was worshiping God. I, 
No makes any difference to me what anybody thought. Now round and round again, and I thought, oh my Lord, why do I ever have to leave here? Isn't this beautiful up here? But like, let's build three tabernacles, but there was somebody down at the bottom of the hill waiting to be prayed for, of course. So I thought I might as well just rejoice a little more and around the tree on again, shaking my arms and screaming to the top of my voice, hallelujah, hallelujah to God, hallelujah to God. I thought, isn't this wonderful? My, I was standing there, deep, responding to the deep call, the water spout, the noise. I, I think, oh my, isn't this beautiful? I happened to hear something jump out when Chip, 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 a little old pine squirrel, a little old fellow just about that high, and it's the noisiest thing you ever heard. And he jumped up on a log out there, and well, I, when he asked, I thought he was going to tear me to pieces, just about that big, you see. <laughs> I looked at him, I thought, now, Lord, you never put nothing before a fellow, that's just, it's something for your glory. And I said, now, why'd you let that little pine squirrel chirp like that? I happened to notice little fellow was looking down like that. And he wasn't looking at me, but the storm had forced a big eagle down in there. And this eagle was coming up out of this undergrowth, this uh, brush. And I looked, I said, oh, the eagle's what's excited you. And that little fellow, as if I could go tear an eagle to pieces. So the big old eagle, he jumped up on a limb like that. And I thought, now, why did God turn my attention from that rainbow and that wolf calling? And so forth to something like this. I thought, well, Lord, you're in your nature, so uh, I was having such a wonderful time. Why'd you do that? I thought, I'll study it just a minute. I thought, well, now that eagle, he's a scavenger and nothing good about him. And I thought, well, what's you doing? I seen the big fellow looking at me. I thought, oh, I understand. He's still brave. He's not scared of me. I thought, I'll try out his bravery. I said, hey, fellow, you know I could shoot you? That big gray eyes wall looked at me, looked over at this little squirrel. He wasn't scared. I thought, oh, Lord, I see. You want somebody who's not scared. That's the trouble with the church today. You're afraid. You're afraid when you ask, you won't receive. That's the reason you don't receive. Don't be scared. Ask them. Believe you're going to get it. You'll get it. God will give it to you. So I thought, oh, I see the bravery. I thought, what makes him brave? Now, there's got to be some reason to make him brave. And I said, I grabbed my rifle like this, I said, I'll scare him. And I grabbed my rifle like this, go to pull it up like this, and he flipped that big wings and looked back at me again. Looked back, I thought, well, why are you so brave? I noticed him, he kept feeling his wings, shuffling his feathers out. Oh, I see. God gave you two wings. That's God-given power. You trust it. And I thought, if... Uh, if God gave the eagle two wings to take himself out of danger, and he has that much trust in his wings, what are a church that's baptized with the Holy Ghost doing? There he was, moving his feathers. I thought, yeah, as long as he can feel them wings are all right, he ain't scared of nothing. I said, praise God, as long as I can feel the Holy Spirit moving, Devils can't scare nothing, that's right, when the Holy Spirit's around. How marvelous. No wonder you could stand, not like the Rock of Gibraltar, but the Rock of Ages. We'll stand after the Rock of Gibraltar's gone. So I thought, isn't that marvelous? Well, then I said, 
wonder why. Now, I said, now that timber is not very high, and he knows that his getaway. Before I could get that rifle to my shoulder, and especially his little old peak sight, he'd be in that timber, and I couldn't shoot him. And he knows that. Well, I thought, isn't this wonderful? And I started shouting again. I don't know whether I scared him in or not. But anyhow, he looked around a little while, and I thought, I admire you, fella. I wouldn't shoot you. If you're that brave, I, I love bravery. Now, I sure wouldn't shoot you. And he sat there a little while. After a while, he just gave himself a little pitch like that with his feet. And he got tired of hearing that there little pine squirrel, chatter, 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 chatter. And I thought, that's right. Just puts in mind of some of these people running here. Can't get near because they say, I'm going to sit down here. What are you going to say if you say? Just jump on away from it. That's right. Just get on away from it. Get on away. I'm noticing. Now, he just sit and flop, 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 flop with his wings. He just made a big jump and made about two flops. Then he set his wings. And as that air hit it, he never moved a feather. He just knew how to ride that air. He just went on, on. On out of sight. I stood there, I cried like a baby. I said, that's it, Lord. It ain't run here and run there and flop here and flop there. It's just such your wings of faith in the power of God. And when it rolls in, right up. Right away from this thing to the days of miracles that pass the Israel to today. Right out. Don't keep trying and pushing and shoving. Just set your faith in God's power when the waves come in right on out on it like that. Hey, man. Then the deep really called to the deep, then. Marvelous. Deep. Calling to the deep. Unless there is the deep. Before there is the fin on a fish's back, there had to be a water first for him to swim in before he ever had the fin, or he wouldn't have no fin. Is that right? Before there could be a tree to grow in the earth, there had to be an earth first for it to grow in, or there'd be no tree. Is that right? In other words, here, I read some time ago where a little boy eat the racer off of a pencil, and he'd eat the, he'd eat the pedal off of a bicycle, a rubber pedal. And they couldn't understand why the little fellow's eating rubber all the time. So they took him down to the clinic and examined him, and the doctor says, why, his little body's craving sulfur. There you are. See? Now, the little boy was taken out of the earth where sulfur is, and as long as there was a crave for sulfur in here, there had to be a sulfur to respond to that craving. See? Now, how many in here breathe divine healing? Let's see your hand. The power of God. Thank you. Look. Before there can be a creation, there has to be a creator to create that creation. Is that right? Well, as long as you're hungering for divine healing and the power of God, there's got to be a fountain open somewhere. Is that right? If there isn't divine healing, you wouldn't have that in your heart. The creator of God has to create that in your heart before you can even think of such a thing. Hallelujah. Yes. You want more of God. You hunger for more of God. And because that you do hunger is a very fine evidence that there is more of God to receive. And if you crave divine healing, that shows that there is a fountain of divine healing somewhere or that creation wouldn't be in your heart. You get what I mean? Quickly now, just a couple more minutes. Oh, my. I'd 
just love him, that's all. I just can't help it. See, as I think of it, any root you take, anywhere you want to start from, you'll see Jesus Christ in his power. That's right. Any growth you want to make through nature, through atmosphere, through science, through anything you want to, there's Jesus Christ right in the road with it. Amen. Yes. Now, look at this. I see Simeon, an old man, an old sage, as they call him, long white hair, about 80 years old, we're taught, and long beard. He had a reputation. He was a master in Israel. And he worked around the temple there and so forth. Well thought of. But one day the old fellow perhaps was out praying somewhere, and the Holy Spirit comes in and said, Simeon, you're not going to die, you're an old man, but you're not going to die until you see the Christ of God. And he went around testifying, telling the people. Now, he wasn't afraid to hurt his reputation. I can imagine the fellow saying, look at that old guy. Why, he's, he's a little bit off at his head, see? Because, look, he, he's really dead right now. And yet David looked for Christ, and all back the prophets looked for Christ, and it's farther away than ever was. Here we are in all this conglomeration of what we are now, and yet that old fellow says he ain't going to die until he sees Christ. There's something wrong with the old fellow. He studied too hard. <laughs> no, but the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. That's a good reason to testify of it. Is that right? The Holy Spirit said so. Now, then the first thing you know, when Jesus was born, and you know nothing about it, but let's do just a little drama here at the end, if you will. I imagine it's Monday morning in the temple. And oh my, the people are coming. There's about two million Jews and more. I suppose maybe 50 or 100 babies were born, or maybe more than that, every night. Well, then every morning there'd be a great long line of mothers standing there with their babies, and some of them poor with turtle doves, and some with little sheep to, for the purification and the uh, circumcision of the child, and what more, and coming up the road to the priest who ministered the, the order. Then, let's say it's Monday morning now. And oh, there's been a great conglomeration around the city and everything, and everybody's busy, and they're all the temples are full. And Simeon had a little time over to prayer room to pray a while. Went over there, I just imagine he was reading Isaiah, about the 40th chapter, saying, oh, we like sheep have gone astray or something. The Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Oh, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity, the chastening of our peace upon him, with his stripes we were healed. I can hear Simeon say, now I wonder who that could be otherwise than Messiah. And the same time, the Messiah was in the temple, in the arms of his mother. Let's look coming up along the line now. I see these fine ladies there with nice little needlework blankets, little pink and blue over their little babies, and they're cooing them on the chin, and so forth. And oh, how they was walking along. And there's a girl there that had a bad name. She had a baby without being married. Hmm. Longer, down there in Nazareth somewhere. Ah, there she is in the temple. There's that baby that's born out of holy wedlock. Mary knew who that baby belonged to. She walked right along this baby. Keep your distance from her. Don't stand around such a person who reminds me of some of these half-sister churches today. We know where we're standing. I know what this Holy Ghost means to me. It's life. I don't care what the others think about it. Life. Might make me act peculiar. That's to the world. Yeah. But notice, they kept her distance. Keep away from her. This, uh, 
shunning around. And uh, every time she held the little baby in her hand, the rest of them would find little blankets on, but he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now, I'm taught that swaddling clothes is what goes on the back of the yoke of an ox when they plow with it. The baby was born in a manger, so they just unwrapped it. There's no clothes to put on the little fellow. You talk about poor. And, oh, and yet the king of glory. And they unwrapped this swaddling cloth, wrapped it around the little fellow, and here he was, little fellow laying in his mother's arms, a little girl about 18 years old, 20, coming up, holding this little baby, cooing, looking down his face. She didn't care, didn't bless her when they called her a fanatic or so forth, or this, that, if she was in disgrace. She didn't pay attention to her. She just moved on. She knew where she was at. She knew what it was all about. Make any of what the outside world says. You remember the same thing to your testimony. If you're born again, let them call you fanatic. That's all right. You know where you're at. The world knows their own. God knows his, too. So here she comes along with this baby, walking along. I see people come by and say, what do I want to send away from that little old girl? Oh, my, look at that swallowing ball. My, that must be a poor kid. Well, we're refined, so we go to a better church, and we don't have to fool nothing like that. Here said an old man back there, oh, who had a little spot of beef in him <laughs> back here. I can hear him sitting there reading the scriptures all at once the Holy Ghost. Now look, if God gave Simeon, the Holy Ghost gave Simeon this promise that he wasn't going to die until he seen this Christ of God, the Holy Ghost is under obligation to see that he sees the Christ in him. That's right. If he made him a promise, he's obligated. I hope you're getting between the lines here. I'm watching The Holy Spirit's obligated to the Word. God's obligated to His Word. He certainly is. I'm obligated to my Word, and you're obligated to your Word. And if your Word's no good, then you're no good. If God's Word's no good, then I, I, can't, I can't worship God. Because there, I wouldn't believe there was any if He wouldn't back up His Word. That's true. So, then I see it moving along. Here's Simeon, he's sitting there reading. All at once, the Christ in the temple, the Holy Ghost will give you the promise. The Holy Ghost knows all about that. So he sees Simeon sitting there reading. So he said, Simeon, stand up on your feet. Simeon says, yes, Lord. He laid it down. That was the voice of the Holy Ghost, I hear Simeon say. Stand up, start walking. Oh, Lord, just walk. I'll take care of the rest of it. How am I going to walk after you get out of this stretcher? I don't know. He'll take care of the rest of it. You just start walking. See when he's out. How am I going to get up out of the wheelchair? I don't know, but you just keep walking. He'll take care of the rest of it. How am I going to get over the cancer, heart trouble? I, I don't know. Just take his word and keep walking. He'll take care of the rest of it. See that? He's obligated to his word. That's right. How am I going to tell my mother if I get the Holy Ghost and my daddy, they belong to a different church? Just get it. He'll take care of the rest of it. <laughs> Don't have to worry about that. He'll take care of it. How will I face my school kid, my playmates? Don't worry. Just keep going. He'll take care of that. Simeon raises up. Here he starts, not knowing where he's going, just walking. But the Holy Ghost is directing his steps. Don't you believe man are led by the Spirit of God? Say that our sons of God are. Is that right? Here he comes, not knowing where he's going, but he's led by the Spirit of God. He moves over to this line of circumstances coming down his mother. Here he starts walking down, not knowing where he's going. The Holy Ghost is leading. And the Holy Ghost brought him right straight before this little despised mother, standing out this baby was swallowing and swallowing. I hear the Holy Ghost say, this is it. 
And we saw he got the baby in his arms, tuck it out of Mary's arms, tears rolling down his white beard. The Lord, let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for my eyes have seen thy salvation. That's right. The world spurned it, and that man wins it. The same thing today, the world spurns the baptism of the Spirit and the works of the Holy Ghost, but there's hungry hearts that's coming to it, moving to it. Now look, the same Holy Spirit, there's no two Holy Spirits, there's only one. And the same Holy Spirit that gives Simeon that promise is the same Holy Spirit that draws you out of here tonight. Is that right? He made you come, sister, you, sister, and you, 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 every one of you. He brought you here. The devil will never bring you around a place like this. I'll guarantee you that. The Holy Ghost brought you here. If you believe in divine healing, then the Holy Spirit brought you where the fountains open. Just like you did Simeon. You embraced God's promise like Simeon did. At the same time, in the temple was an old woman by the name of Anne. And she was blind, we were taught. And she was waiting for the consolation of Israel. At the same time, the Holy Spirit struck her. Here come an old blind prophet walking among the people, not knowing where she's going. Maybe blind here, but she's led by the Holy Spirit. Moved up to the side of the child and lifted up her hands and blessed God and all those that waited the consolation of Israel. If the Holy Spirit could lead that blind woman to the promise of God, how the Lord he lead you and I to his promise. She was expecting and waiting for the consolation of Israel. That was the Christ. She was expecting to see him. Simeon was expecting to see him. And I'm expecting to see him tonight. I'm expecting to see him. I'm expecting to watch his power. I'm expecting to see something done. Because he promised me that he will do it. Whatever you expect, that's what you will receive. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thy beloved child, as Simeon of old embraced him in his arms, may we with the strong arms of faith tonight reach out and embrace him, bring none to us who are needy. May he come to your people tonight, save the lost, bring back the wandering sheep gone astray, straying around over the country, no church home, no place to go, like wandering stars. Know that they ought to be at the Father's house, feasting and dining on the good things of God. Bring them back tonight, Lord. That poor sinner who's never eaten at the table of God the good things of the Spirit, may he realize tonight and leave that garbage can from whence he has eaten and turn to the table set of blessed holy things. Grant it, Lord. May the poor, sick, and crippled and afflicted people, by arms of faith, reach out tonight and embrace Jesus Christ as their healer. And now, Father, when he was here on earth, you sent him. You told him that he was to do your will. 
I come in the volume of the book to do thy will, O God. And now he returned back to you after making the sacrifice of his own self that he could bring many sons unto God. And now tonight, Lord, I, as your servant, along with these other servants, are here to do thy will, O God, as it is written by him which said the things that I do shall you also. Grant it tonight, and may that same power that led Simeon and Anne, John the Baptist, many of the others, and all the other righteous, may he come and lead us into deeper depths and high heights of thy love and power, for we ask it in his name. Amen. Sorry to take so much of your time, but I just feel, oh, what a fine audience of faith. Now, if you were coming tonight and you wanted to see Jesus, if you wanted to see Jesus, what type of person would you look for? A real fine scholar? No. Ask somebody who knows what the original writing of the Bible was in. Just plain, not even good grammar. Just like you use out on the streets, common people. That's the type of person you'd find. Where would you find him at? The great high classics? Oh, no. Down the river, among the poor, the outcasts, whoever would receive him. Those classic spirits, religious as they can be, Great fine synagogues. Remember, scholars, well, who could beat them priests for holiness? If they did one thing wrong, they stoned. They had to be holy without blemish. Is that right? Scholars of the Word, but yet fail to see God. That's the way it is today. Now, if God took, takes his man, but never his spirit, the same spirit up on Elijah, come on Elisha, and then on John the Baptist, and predicted again in the last days. Is that right? God taking his man, but he took his son, but the spirit come back. See? The devil takes his man, but never the spirit. It comes right back, very religious. Didn't Paul say in the last days that he had high-minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof from such turn away? Now, we're all here. That's right, God's people's here, Satan's here. The Antichrist is not a communist. Communist is not the Antichrist spirit. The Bible said in St. Matthew, the 24th chapter, that the Antichrist would be so close to the real thing that it would deceive the very elect if possible. That's religious. Saw in Revelation 17, setting up on a scarlet-covered beast, and how that she had daughters that went out from her. You're not blind, see? All right. Someday I hope just across the country teaching the gospel just to the best that I know how. But now it's prayer for the sick. When we see Jesus standing there, what kind of a man was he then? He was a man of sorrow, plain with grief, yet he had a, a personality he could tell him when it's necessary to be told. Got some sticks one day or some ropes and beat the whole bunch of them out of the temple. So if it come necessary, he could do it. But then if you look at you and your heart would melt. See? And now how did people receive it? Those who approached him, now watch. Those who approached him as a loving, kind Savior, they felt virtue. 
They were told of what was wrong with him and what for him to do. But they wrapped a rag around his face one day and hit him on the head with a stick and said, Now you're a seer, you, you're a prophesier. You know what people's doing and everything. You tell them out there what they're thinking about and what they're doing. Now, they hit him on the head and said, Now tell us who hit you. He never opened his mouth and said a word. You've heard these people say, Let me see this divine healer go heal this person. We'll believe it. Just remember that fellow's possessed of the devil. See? The very first thing that, that Satan did when he met Eve was that thing. The first thing he did when he met Jesus, he said, if you're the Son of God, now you have power. If you're the Son of God, perform me a miracle here that I can see you do it. Make, make this bread, in, 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 this stones into bread. Let me see you do it now, and I'll believe you. Tuck him up on the pinnacle temple and say, God, dash your foot down. Yes, sir. Jump off of here right there. It's written in the scriptures. I'll give you scripture for it. She said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Get away from here, Satan. Is that right? He never clowned for Satan. He only did the Father's will. Now look, he didn't claim to be a healer, did he? He said, I can do nothing in myself. When he passed all them crippled people and so forth, never healed one of them. He healed a man who had a disease, something like prostate or something like that. He had it for a long time. He said, Well, thou be made whole. Never heal any of the cripples. And the Jews questioned him. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself but what he sees the Father doing. Is that right? The Father shows me what to do, and I go do it. Now, if he's the same yesterday, day, and forever, died, rose to the dead, he said, The things that I do shall you do also. Is that right? That's a promise. Of course, you know I'm doing something, certainly. I'm bringing myself down from anointing of preaching down into this, see, for the healing. But getting back to settle the audience. You reverend. Now, he didn't claim to be a healer, but he saw visions of what the... Jesus said, I do nothing. That means he didn't do one thing without God first showing him. Now, if you want to read that, you turn to St. John 5, 19, and see if that's right. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself but what he sees the Father doing. See? That does the Son likewise. He never takes credit, he give it to God. See? No human flesh can glory in the sight of God. So he said, he done what the Father showed him. You know where fish was, had a corn in his mouth. Paul standing preaching one time, seeing a man that was crippled or something wrong with him laying in a stretcher or cot or something, or said, I perceive that you have faith to be healed. Stand up on your feet. Jesus Christ makes you whole. And he jumped up. That's the gospel. Now, Jesus will return here tonight and do the things that he did when he was here on earth. Do the same manifestation. He called the woman at the well. He said, bring me a drink. She said, the pump of the well is deep. Yeah. He talked to her a little bit. He said, went right straight to your trouble. said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have any husbands. That's right, she got five. Well, she ran into the city and said, Come see a man who told me everything I ever done. Well, he didn't do that. He only told her one thing. But if God could show him one thing, he could show him all things. So she said, Isn't this the Christ? Philip come to him, got saved, went out and found Nathaniel, said to Nathaniel, Come see who I found. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He said, Could anything good come out of Nazareth? He said, You come see. So when he's standing in the prayer line praying for the sick, perhaps, what he does 60% of his time or better was praying for the sick. Yeah, about 80%. Praying for the sick. And perhaps Philip come up to him in the line, or Nathaniel, Jesus looked at him and said, Behold an Israelite in whom there is no God. Why? He said, When did you, how do you know? And otherwise, there's a Christian man, it's honest. 
said, how'd you know I was a Christian man in honor? He said, before Philip called you when you was under the tree. That's when I saw you. Philip said, or Nathaniel said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of God, the King of Israel. You know what the 1944 version of that would mean? Mental telepathy, a devil, fortune teller, something like that. See, blind lead the blind, won't they all fall in the ditch? That's right. Let us not be like them tonight. Let us be open-hearted and receive our lovely Lord Jesus into our hearts. Of course, I wouldn't know if you just went through what we used to have, the old fast line, you know, where people just go through so fast and just running as hard as they could. And uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that, something, so I can get a starting place to get to talk to you. Now, as far as in life, we're both strangers to each other, never knew one another. And, uh, but God knows both of us, doesn't he? Now, what if our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, was standing here tonight wearing this suit that he gave me. And he was standing here looking to you. Now, he'd know what your, what your trouble was. Is that right? But now about healing, what do you think he would say? Well, he'd say, Child, uh, don't you believe that I healed you when I died for you 1900 years ago? Could you accept that? You'd say, Yes, I can, Lord. Well, if you could accept it, then just as you believe, so would it be. Is that right? But now, being the king of prophets, God Emmanuel, he would know but what was wrong with you and what was your trouble and so forth. Is that right? But otherwise, he, he could do nothing for you. Is that right? Well, then, if he's risen from the dead and could, if he could come into my body and take my voice, could he say the same thing that he would say if he's standing here in flesh? Did he promise to do it? He did. That's right. Makes him the same yesterday, day, and forever. And then we, the believers, could see him. He'd be with us, in us, to the end of the world. That's through every age, on down to the end of the world. Is that right? That makes him the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is that true? Now, you're conscious that something's going on, aren't you? It's, it's the, now, right between you and I now, stands that light. Now, to heal you, I couldn't. To hide your life, you couldn't. See? Because it's all in the hands of God now. See? That's right. Oh, child. Much sorrow and much danger. One thing, you're extremely nervous. You've got enough to be nervous about. It's just turning black all around where you're at. Or it's, um, you, you've got, uh, it's heart trouble. And that's, uh, well, you've been given up by the doctor to die. That's been about a month ago or more. And he said that there was, uh, you had two holes or leaks or something like that. Some funny name he called it. I heard him just saying when he said it. But there's some funny name about two, but what it is mounts up to is two holes in your heart. I see the blood dripping through. Are those things the truth? Is the same Jesus who knew Philip was under the tree could see you or not? 
under condition of whatever. Is that right? Is he standing here? Is he your savior? Is he your healer? Come here. I realize I'm just a man, sister. But now while that is on here, I'm your brother and God's servant. Now, the power of healing truly is here. And I can only do with it if he'll let me. I'm going to pronounce the blessing that you live in that time. And I'm, will you give God praise? Uh, Lord Jesus, I lay my hand upon this woman, and I ask for her life to be spared. And for this which the doctor could not do, may the power of Almighty God do in Jesus Christ's name. I bless thee, my sister, for your healing in the name of Jesus, the Son of God. Are you right in your the Lord be blessed. Now, before the anointing gets me to where I don't know where I'm at, how many believe that Jesus Christ is here now? That's the same Jesus. Now, that's his power. That's his wonder that he said he would do. I'll be reverent everywhere, be expecting God to do for you what he did for her. Just believe it is all you have to do. I keep praying out there. Just believe it and see if the Holy Spirit can't come out through the audience there and heal you where you're at. Up in the bleachers or wherever you are. Just believe. It's all I ask you to do. Come, lady. How do you do? Of course you're conscious that something's here. But we are strangers to one another. Don't know you. Never seen in my life as I know of. I suppose you never knew before. No, we're first, and we've never seen each other before. The first time in life you ever come face to face with one another. But Lord knows you, and He knows me. You are a Christian believer, because your spirit just feels so welcome. And I know that this is the Holy Spirit here. And I know it welcomes you. Now, if Jesus, our Savior, being the, the Savior of both of us, and God the Father of both of us, then we become God's children, then we're here to help one another. And if God has sent me to help you, then I must do what God tells me to do. Then I'm asking to believe on him, and to believe that he sent me to, to, with a divine gift, just to make faith for you. Now, if we've never seen each other before, well, there has to be some way that if he would tell me anything about you, if I'd probably want to strike and keep talking to you, he'd just keep on talking. But it is something. For instance, if you're sick or if there's something wrong with you otherwise, if you've done something wrong, if he'd just speak that out and tell you about it, you'd be willing to accept it, wouldn't you? I can tell you, before anything happens, that you really are a believer, 
your trouble, you're real nervous. And that's due to the time of life that you're living in. Coming to the menopause. It's a lady's age. But, excuse me, something happened. You, you, you've had an accident. I've seen a, a, a stick or something hit you in the head, brother. Is that right? And it's because you have hemorrhages in, inside the head. Is that true? Come here. Oh, Jesus, Son of God, I bless this, my sister, for her healing. And now, enemy, leave her. I rebuke this sinner. In the name of Jesus Christ, may it go out from her and she be made well for God's glory. I bless you now, sister, for the healing of your body. God bless you now. Go rejoice in the Lord. Have faith. Don't doubt. Just keep faith. Keep believing. This is Reverend. Now, how do you do, ladies? I say, how do you do? We are strangers, I suppose, to each other. Yes, ma'am. You is in my service where? Excuse me, I'm not hard of hearing, but it's just, you can understand. About five or six years ago. Oh, yes, we come from, I believe, from St. Louis over there one night. Yes. Yeah, Von, Von Hughes, that's it, Brother Von Hughes. They had a same place I believe it was in the other day, or here a few weeks ago, or I see. Well, then you and I are strangers to each other, not knowing one another. But do you believe that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead? And do you believe that he can, by Father, grace, and election that he sends people here on earth and set them aside to preach the gospel and to do different work for him? You believe that, don't you? Then if we've never met in life, and if God would say something that was wrong with you, and you know I have no way of knowing it, well, it has to come from some supernatural resource. Is that right? Well, then, would you accept that as God? See, you'd have to. Thank you. See, just, I'm trying to feel the approach. You see what I mean? Because it's the way you regard it, not me. But you have to respect what I'm talking about, or it just, just won't be. See? It's just your approach to God. That people, that woman touched his garment one time and she got healed. But another one's hit him on the head and everything else. They couldn't see a little virtue the way they approached him. Yes. 
Now the lady is just breaking up in front of me. But she's something, I see she has um, a, a, it's gall of bladder trouble. It's in her, it's in her right side. And she has, uh, there's something wrong with the throat. Is that right? And then also I see uh, when you're standing with clothes that you got a, a growth, and that growth is on the right shoulder. Is that right? That, <coughs> was that true? Now what spoke to you wasn't me. It was my, my voice, but I wasn't operating because I wouldn't know what to say. No, but it was some other voice. It's my voice, but something speaking my voice. Is that right? You believe it was God? Then come here. Kind Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thy beloved child, I ask for the healing of my sister, and I bless her now, and condemn the enemy, and make her well, in the name of Jesus, the Son of God. Amen. I bless thee, my sister, in Jesus' name. For your healing. Amen. God bless you, my sister. Go in happy, rejoicing. Don't doubt. The Bible said, Go ye and sin no more, that's unbelief, or worse will come upon you. I'll be real reverent. Just keep praying, lady. It has stood over you twice tonight, see. I have faith. I know you're trouble, but I can't say just what. It's over the other lady, too. But I, I want to see you healed, see. And I can tell you, I'm just faithful God. Now be reverent everywhere, please. See? Each person's the spirit as you move, but just believe me, just be quiet, you know, just be as reverent as you can be. All right. Let the patient come. Faith is moving everywhere. Now be real reverent. All right. How do you do, sir? You are a believer. You're already anointed. <clears throat> but we're strangers to each other. Personally, strangers, yes, sir. I don't know nothing about you as far as I know I've ever seen you in my life. But only God knows you. I don't. Does anybody here know the man? Anybody in the building know the man? Or? strangers to each other, my brother. And we know not each other. God knows us both. May he help us. May he help me as his servant to help you, his servant. Because we both want to live. We want to serve God. We want to do all we can for the kingdom of God. Yes, sir. Now the man leaves me. Uh, you've been healed, and that was, but you wasn't at a platform. 
you were studying in an audience, and your wife was being healed at the platform. And it was some where his brother Bob was standing from the right hand side smiling. It's that brother Vibbert. It, it was at Evansville, Indiana. Thank you, Lord. That is true. Was that true? That's true. They're moving again. Just a moment now. You, or you, it was officers you had. Right. And you're standing now for an elderly man. That's right. That's your father. True. And he isn't here. And he's got kidney trouble. Go home. Lay your hands on him. Oh, Beside myself, I just have to get my bearings. Visions or something, you're in another world. And I, I can't hardly see out over the audience, and I've got good sight. But it just looks like I know I can hear people. I can hear people, and it just seems like it's like a, a yellow haze hanging here. <clears throat> You'll never know until we meet the judgment. This is the patient. This is the patient. Come here. I suppose we're strangers, lady. We don't know each other. Perfect strangers. But God alone knows. And I am. I know that God can reveal and uh, can make me know what's your trouble. I can't heal you only just by obeying him, laying hands. Jesus said, in my name they shall cast out, if they lay their hands on the sick. Is that right? I see a long white table. There's somebody, there's doctors, there's something about the back. It's a, it's a, your, or it's a kidney stone in the back, and they want to operate immediately. Is that right? Well, Christ can operate right now if you will believe, and He will take it from you now. Come here just a moment. I'm the heavenly Father. to the living God. Have faith. Don't doubt.
นส
something wrong with your back, didn't you? Is that right? You had two, didn't you? Stand up on your feet, lady. You're both healed now. You can go home. Be well. Jesus Christ makes you both well. So thanks be to God. No get over heart trouble? You accept your healing from Jesus Christ? God bless you, my sister, and may you be healed in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. Come on, lady, if you believe with all your heart, or you're a believer, you bring me to be his prophet, his servant. Got the wickedest thing there is to fight. About eighty percent of this audience is suffering with the same thing. Just coming from all out there. Let me show you. Turn your face this way. How many out there suffering with nervousness? Raise your hand. See? You have real funny feelings, scary, weary, upset. Think you're going to lose your mind. Satan told you he was, but he lied. You're healed now. Go home and be made Bless you, you go home. I'm, you do whatever you want to. God bless you. He'll go home shouting, praising God. Come to me. You believe? I want to talk to you. I just, how the audience, nothing wrong with the lady and the way of immorals or things. She's a nice lady. But it's just something I couldn't say before audience, and only God alone knows the one. Is that right, lady? Is that the truth? Just God alone was in there with you. Is that right? When it happened. Is that right? Now you're going to get well. God bless you. Let me lay hands on this morning. In Jesus Christ's name, I rebuke the evil one. Leave her. I had a funny feeling a while ago when I talked about that lady here that back troubled it and said, uh, hmm? <laughs> with your shirt open, that sitting there. Is that right? Sitting right there, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. You were healed too, it's the same thing. You had back trouble. You were healed. I couldn't tell you because I couldn't get pain just then. Sitting there, lady, praying. You want to get rid of that arthritis? Sitting right down below in there. You want to get rid of the arthritis? You do? Yes. Uh-huh. It is. Lady, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. 